trash bee we're live all right great thank you very much i don't know what's happening with our sound can you remedy that madam clerk good better we can hear you are council you hearing us okay yeah council member harris or valenzuela do any of you have feedback or you sound you okay i'm still hearing some feedback but yeah, me too. It's mild, but there's, do you hear it, Jeff and Sean? Yeah, I hear it too. I hear it, but it's just, it's getting better. I know. Okay. Hopefully they'll get that sorted for us. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for everyone for being here. Madam Clerk, would you please call the roll and establish a quorum for us? Yes, ma'am. Member Valenzuela? Here. Member Lalowi? Here. Member Harris? Here. Chair Ashby? Here. We have a quorum. There's a bit of a sound issue. So just if Madam Clerk, if you could help us out with that, each of my colleagues sounded a little robotic. Okay. Well, we'll keep we'll keep an eye out on that. And you guys let us know if for some reason you can't can't hear well. Um, let's see, we need to start with our land acknowledgement and uh, pledge, correct? Yes, ma'am. Councilmember Valenzuela, would you do that for us, please? Keep, do you have do you have the both things in front of you there? Uh, yes, thank you. Right, very um, good. So please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands to the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Now, please join me in the pledge, salute, and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you all so much. Thanks for getting us started there. Okay, Madam Clerk, you wanna call the first item on here? Item one is our consent calendar. That is the personnel and public employees committee meeting minutes from our last meeting. Right. I'll move Any consent. Motion? Thank you, Councilmember Harris. Councilmember Valenzuela moved and seconded. Madam Clerk, you want to call the roll? Member Valenzuela? Yes. Yes. Member Lilloe? Aye. Member Harris? Aye. Chair Ashby? Yes. Sorry, I thought you were asking if Katie seconded it. I'm like, yeah, that was her. <laughs> I apologize, Katie. All right. Thank you. That's it. Uh, can consent is done there we'll go on to the discussion calendar our first item is and i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead uh first go ahead. item is review of applicants for the natomas basin conservancy board of directors you may recall that we did do some interviews in january and at that time one nomination was made but we were requested to reopen which we have done it has been open for about 60 days in which time we've had some incumbents apply and a third person for interview today Okay, and this is just for one seat or for two? This is for B and C or yes, just- Yes, ma'am, B and C. Okay. All right, great, let's call the first candidate. Steve Cohn. I've heard of that guy. 
Uh, good afternoon, uh, Chair Ashby, members of the council. Pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for being here with us, council member. Thanks for your service on this committee too. I'm really grateful. Uh, I'm also glad that you reapplied. You wanna tell us a little bit about what you think about being on that committee and why we could reselect re you? Sure. Um, first of all, it's been a, an honor and a privilege. And I'm, you and I had talked a little bit about what was going on on the commission five years ago where we were going through uh, some, um, I would say, unnecessary battles on, on the board. And I think together with uh, John Shirey, who's been chair, and uh, Chandra, uh, who I see is also applying this year, and others, we've, I think, stabilized the board, made some uh, really excellent progress in uh, recent years. In particular, the last year, we're able to acquire the most acreage uh, to put into uh, reserve status that we've done in in many many years so uh and that could not have been done by the way without the cooperation of uh, the city uh helping us uh do some bridge financing uh through a loan to take advantage of a good opportunity so at any rate it's uh i really enjoy it wasn't something i had necessarily thought about when i left the city council but i'm uh i did have the privilege of representing Natomas, uh, South Natomas, while I was on the council. And um, so it's been, a, uh, again, a privilege to come back and continue to work to, to make sure we preserve the uh, most important acreage in Natomas, even as we figure out how to develop sensibly in Natomas. So I think it's important work and I've enjoyed doing it. And I think, uh, hopefully made a positive contribution. All right, thank you so much, Councilmember Khan. I'm really grateful to you. You know, he was also, this Natomas Basin Conservancy is the most aggressive habitat conservation plan in the region. And uh, it was in danger a few years ago. And luckily at that same time, Councilmember Cohn and former city manager, John Shirey were both leaving the city. And I asked them both for help because it's a board that has some Sutter County appointments on it and have a little bit of different value set than Sacramento and I appreciate you coming in and helping stabilize that and it has taken some time and it's really important 22 species are depending on us to get this right so I appreciate that. You bet and by the way uh, uh, we've been working very well with the current uh, members Sutter County. from Sutter County. Yeah yeah, that's great it was fantastic I think you guys had some influence in what kind of folks they put on that committee. All right thank you very much uh, Madam Clerk would you call the next candidate, please. Chandra Sakara Kilamuri. Good afternoon, Chair Ashby and uh, council members. Uh, my name is Chandra Sakara Kilamuri, and uh, thank you for considering my reappointment to the Natomas Basin Conservancy Board. I'm a longtime resident of Natomas, and uh, I care about the growth in the Natomas Basin and uh, of city of Sacramento, of course, um, but I also believe that it has to be a, a responsible, a balanced uh, growth uh, where we are considering the environment and the endangered species uh, that depend on, on that habitat. So 
I feel I, I, I believe that the HCP is the extreme. It's an extremely important tool for the city to continue their growth uh, and achieve the the balance between you know uh, protecting the environment and the development. And uh, preserving this tool will require successful implementation of the habitat conservation plan in the near term and making sure that there is a good plan to in place to continue meeting the permit op, uh, objectives in the long run. So um, I've been uh, fortunate to, that to represent city on the board for um, uh, nearly six years now. And uh, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed working with uh, my other board members uh, and uh, my, uh, my background in, is in water resources and and uh, I'm a registered professional civil engineer in the state of California. And I believe my ex with my expertise, I've been able to guide the board and the staff on uh, you know successfully implementing that CP. And I would like to continue that if you choose to do so. Appoint me. I mean, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much, Chandra. I really appreciate your commitment and bringing your your level of expertise, especially on the uh, hydraulic staff and all of that to the board. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, next candidate. Our next candidate is Dale Steele, but that person is not on our call today. Okay. Well, I know this is candidate. set for, that I'm sorry, what was that, Wendy? Candidate. Yes. Okay, we're good. All right. I, I would like to ask my colleagues if they are okay with making a motion today to return uh, former council member Steve Cohn and uh, my constituent Chandra back to the board. They're really important. This is an extremely complicated board and they've done exactly what we asked them to do, which is help us prioritize environment and habitat conservation and really taking care of these 22 species and, and, and holding the line on this issue. And it has been not easy and yet we've managed to continue to grow. So Councilmember so Valenzuela, go ahead. Oh, yeah, did you say so move, Jeff? I did. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Go ahead, Katie. Yeah, I um, just wanted to speak briefly and thank Dale. I know he's not here, but um, I've gotten many a thoughtful comment, as I'm sure my colleagues have from him. He's very deeply involved in, in Fossil, Friends Center's Landing, 350 Sacramento, so many different groups. And I read his application and could see his passion, and I've seen it in practice, but I concur with your recommendation to Chandra and um, Councilmember Cohn's reappointment. I just wanted to send a quick shout out to Dale that I hope he continues to stay engaged and maybe we find another way to plug him in because he's an incredible community volunteer. And He is. He's been, appreciate him for applying for this. He's been so great too over the years in tree canopy discussions and all the all that stuff. So yeah, we definitely and by the way, openings come up on this board sometimes too. So I would encourage him to think about maybe applying for this one in the future too. But it would be very hard to let Councilmember Cohn and Chandra go. That would those are tough people for we they would uh, leave a big hole behind that we need to fill. So well, I'm happy to second the motion. I was going to make it, but I'll second it and um, All right. chair for, and thank you, Chandra and Steve, for your time. Yeah. Okay. Moved by Council Member Harris, seconded by Council Member Valenzuela. Madam Clerk, would you please call the roll? Member Valenzuela? Yes. Member Lolowi? Aye. Member Harris? Aye. And Chair Ashby? Yes. And my thanks to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, they are reappointed. Our third item is a review of applicants for the Utility Rate Advisory Commission. 
this is a board that we have also gone out for um, several recruitments in, in totality. It's been open for over 90 days. We have two candidates who have applied. Both are the incumbents for their current seats and are on the call today. Okay. Megan Fidel. Uh Video. There we go. Hi. Hi, Megan. Thanks for oh. being here with us. We're Thanks. pretty. We. Uh, this is a pretty clear, pretty, pretty clear case for us for what we're going to do. But we'd love to hear from you and have the opportunity to thank you. So oh, go sure. ahead. Sure. My name is Megan Fidel. Um, I've been on the Utilities Rate Advisory Commission for two terms now. I'd like to go for a third. I was recently elected chair. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Um, we've done a storm water drainage we've done um two recycling and solid weights um rate increases um i don't think water is anywhere on the horizon um i would like to keep going with it i think i've i've, I've attended all the meetings i've had very um detailed involvement for the storm drainage um one we actually noticed some some problems with the rate and we went back in with the commission, with the consultants, and were able to change the rate structure. Um, so that was a deeper involvement than we expected. And I think we improved the rate structure. Um, I'm hoping that if I get reappointed, and I am again chair, that we can get a little involved, a little bit more involved at an earlier stage. One thing I've sort of noticed is that by the time they bring a proposed rate structure to us, they've kind of already done all the thinking. It, it is rare for them to reopen the actual structure um, to us. We sort of have an up and down vote um, and the case is often strong for it. So we sort of have to vote yes. I would like to get involved a little earlier and to work more closely with the um, departments earlier in the process. You're gonna like some of the changes we're suggesting a little later today. Oh, all right, super. okay, good. All right, Megan, thank you. Thank you for taking the chairship too. Let's see what happens here. Uh, Madam Clark, would you call the next uh, candidate or other incumbent here? Melissa Lee. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you, Melissa. Okay. Um, Hi, my name is Melissa Lee. I am a licensed California professional engineer. And uh, like Megan, I have been on the commission um, for two terms. And if reappointed, this would be my third. Um, I second everything that she said. <laughs> she said it very well, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, as a consultant, because I'm a consultant, I work with wastewater, which is a polite word for sewage, which I have now used that joke three times. Um, I've seen Prop 18 in action from our end, the consultant end, but it's been a real pleasure. I appreciate doing it from the city end. So um, I appreciate your consideration for considering me for my third and final term. Thank you. Well, we're, we're grateful to have professional help and um, both of you ladies are, you know, this is a tough, it's a tough word too, because it's one where you have to have some, uh, some expertise. We have some great people on there. I know Connie Perkins is on there too, wonderful lady. And uh, sounds like we have great representation in both of you. And they are the two incumbents. We put it out there extra long in case somebody else wanted to participate. And uh, I don't see any problem with moving these two forward. They're both superstars. Uh, colleagues? Me neither, Chair. I'm happy to move reappointment of Melissa and Megan. All right. Moved. Okay. Seconded. Easy. 
Easy peasy lemon squeezy, as my daughter would say if she were in the room. All right, Madam Clerk, help us put these two stellar women back on the Utility Rate Advisory Committee so they can continue helping us, please. We will call that roll. And just to clarify, um, Miss Lee's first term was actually a partial, which makes her eligible for appointment today and was included in the package. But I will call the roll. <laughs> Miss Lee, that's us warning you. You can't leave as soon as you think you can. Um, <laughs> you will not be turned out as you thought. So good, good to know. Member Valenzuela. Thank you. Yes. Member Lalowi. Aye. Member Harris. Aye. And Chair Ashby. Yes. Thank you, ladies, very much. Appreciate you. Megan, have a good time being chair. You are returning. All right. Thank you. All right, Madam Clerk. That's a great group. Item four Our is board is full of talent. Item four is the review of applicants for the Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Commission. These are candidates you have previously interviewed and we're asking for nominations today. Oh, okay. All right, do we have a staff? I'm sure we do have a staff person here from SHRA, do we not? Amber, yes, are you? Yes, we do, um, but Vicki is actually in the attendee. She's training me. So um, okay. if you wanna please um, Elevate her as a panelist, thank you. And then she can answer questions or anything better than me. Thanks. Hello, <laughs> I'm here now. Very good. All right, help us out. We um, we are happy with both of the incumbents, Barry um, Boyd and Sam Starks. And we also wanted to recommend Andre Ramos. Okay. Thank you, Vicki. That was exactly gonna be my motion, Chair to reappoint Samuel Sparks and Barry Boyd and then to the further third vacancy to appoint Andres Ramos. Okay. Sorry, I'm just catching up a little bit. That's districts five. Um, oh, because of redistricting. So I was trying to figure out how Mr. Boyd was not in district eight, but I guess district five dropped down into mm -hmm. Meadowview. Well, I think um, I appreciate you bringing that up, Chair, because I, for the clerk, um, I think we're still using the new districts, even though those yeah. haven't taken effect yet for the agendas. And yeah, so Mr. Boyd is still in District 8, I believe. Andres is in District 4, and I believe Samuel Sparks is still in District 6. I'm not sure about the Starks one, but Andres would be, I think, in 4 still, but, and I do think Mr. Boyd would be in 8, and I'd actually be surprised if he was in five with the switch, but um, yeah, if we could just make sure that's correct, because this is a committee that we've tried very hard to keep folks from district eight and district two engaged in. And we've had a bit of a, a challenge there getting, making sure that we do have people. And so let's a make sure that the districts are still assigned. Well, actually. Sure. Gosh, that's a, Chair Ashby, these numbers do reflect the newly formed districts out of the redistricting committee. They do not reflect the yeah, former districts. But to count to council member Valenzuela's point, oh, correct. It's a little confusing. Um, the new districts do exist for the constituents, but District Five's council member hasn't been elected to that new district yet. So technically, those haven't quite changed, but. Okay, whatever, we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole again. Um, all right, uh, there's two colleagues who would like to speak. Let me pull them both up. Council member, well actually, 
I put my hand down chair because I made my motion. Yeah, <laughs> I see that Mr. Boyd would like to speak, but Mr. Boyd, we're going to, let's hear from council member Harris first and then my colleagues. And then just so that you guys know, Mr. Boyd would like to speak. Yeah. So chair, um, at the last round of interviews, I felt that, um, Stephanie Duncan did pretty well and um, was worthy of consideration. So even though we have a recommendation from Vicki, uh, I'm wondering if any other uh, committee members felt the same way about her as a possibility. Yeah, I, I thought agree she with did. that, uh, Councilmember Harris. Okay, yeah, I thought she did great too. Um, Andres, Stephanie, Mr. Boyd, they were, all, they were all great. They all have something really wonderful to uh, offer. Okay, uh, Councilmember Lalowee. You want to make any comments or no? Just to follow up with uh, Councilmember Harris, I thought uh, Stephanie Duncan was, um, when, when, during her interview, was impressive as well. Okay. Councilmember Bells, why did you put your hand back up? I, I did, because I really I just made the motion. I didn't really give any why, because Vicki recommended okay. him. So I was like, yay, Andres. But um, okay. I mean, I agree everybody had different perspectives. I think part of what I appreciate about Andres is both the fact that he's lived in public housing um, and the fact that he does is a pretty big expert on housing policy um, and does a lot of state work on this. So I think he could be a really great asset um, under the old district, <laughs> which is where um, we still sit. I mean, both Stephanie and Andres are from my district. And so I think I think um, for me, just having worked with each of them, I think Andres brings something that we're missing from at the SHRA board and could really be a great value addition. Um, in addition to being just, you know, someone who more characteristically fits, you know, person of color, um, younger, just different set of perspectives. So that's part of why I'm recommending him. And um, yeah, would appreciate considering support. And I've made a motion um, that's out there in case anybody can wants a second. Sure. Madam Clerk, can I ask you a question too? Um, I thought I can't find here in the report. I'm sort of frantically trying to scroll through and see. Oh, there they are. The existing board members. And, and Madam Clerk, sorry, Madam Chair. Um, when I read the materials, it looked like Stephanie's application was no longer active. Did she withdraw or is she still actively being considered or seeking this appointment? It's a function of the um, system that put that number, that notation in there. It's just that we had to move it in the system, but she has not okay. withdrawn. Okay. Okay. Well, I think let's hear from Mr. Boyd. And then what we can do, colleagues, is we can take these one seat at a time. And uh, all three are uh, eligible for A, C, and D. Actually, all four that you all are actually all of the candidates that applied are eligible for A, C, and D. So we can just take them A, C, and D, and then, you know, we can get a couple of them in and figure out what we're going to do on the last go round. In the meantime, Mr. Boyd, did you have a, a quick comment? We don't really re give uh, the candidates a re-interview when we're doing this, but if you wanted to make a quick comment, that would be okay. Thank you, Chair Ashby and um, yeah. committee, committee me members. Just for clarification, I am in District 8, and after redistricting, my mailing address um, is now in District 5, but a resident of District, I am still a resident of District 8, just for clarification. Oh, good, because I was trying to do the, I know where you live, and I was trying to do the <laughs> mental gymnastics of how that got to 5, and I'm like, there's no way. Okay, so you just have a different mailing address. Got it, got it. Thank you, Mr. Board. That's actually quite helpful. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, that make, now that actually makes sense to me. Okay. So, Madam so, Chair, have my hand up again. Sure, go for it. Uh, 
you know, we can take them one at a time, but I would offer a substitute motion. Uh, you know, I appreciate Mr. Boyd's work. He, ser he serves on the Planning Design Commission and other boards as well. And that's another consideration to give somebody else a chance to serve. You know, the PBC is a pretty high level commission with quasi-judicial powers. So, you know, um, that's again, another reason why I consider Ms. Duncan. So I would offer a substitute motion to put Mr. Starks, Andres Ramos and Stephanie Duncan on. I okay. second that. Okay, so that's moved and seconded as a substitute. Let me just say something really quick because I love Mr. Boyd and I know he was recruited for this board by council member Carr. But I think Mr. Because we needed people from District 8, I also know Mr. Boyd very well. He's an extremely generous man. And if he feels like, you know, um, there are other people who need a turn, I know he'll be fine with that. He does get to be on the planning commission. He's a very good planning commissioner. And I think if we ask him to focus on that, and then if we need somebody to come back to this board, I'm sure he would reapply. So I'm going to support you, Council Member Harris, in your motion, but I want to make sure Mr. Boyd knows that I am a big fan and that I appreciate that he came and did this when we asked him to. And this was we asked him to come be on this board, Council Member Carr did, because we really needed the help. And I know he'll be missed on this board, but he does have another really great, as you said, Councilmember Harris board to serve on. And if we get in trouble on this one and we need him to reapply, I know if we reach back out, he'll help us again. So uh, Mr. Boyd is a great man. Um, that's moved and seconded. Madam Clerk, call the roll, please. Member Valenzuela? No. Member Lolowi? Aye. Member Harris? Aye. Chair Ashby? Yes, Mr. Boyd, thank you so much for your time on this board. Really appreciate it. And from Council Member Carr, I feel compelled to say thank you. Thank you for stepping in. Yeah, I All appreciate right. that, Chair. I'd also like to say he has the finest voice in Sacramento County. He absolutely does. And you know what I love about him, Councilmember Harris, is like literally if we called him tomorrow and said we needed him to come help us on a gardening committee, he would show up. He's he's a guy who shows up for Sacramento, and I'm I'm so grateful to him, and, uh, and he did a good job here. So thank you, Mr. Boyd. Appreciate you. All right. Let's uh, go back to this agenda. Item five is an ordinance adding chapter 1.14 to the Sacramento City Code relating to the procedure for mayor council member vacancies and amending the chapter 2.40 of the code to relating to boards and commissions. Okay. Now, Madam Clerk, I think you have a couple of comments for a presentation. I would like to make one clarifying comment of, about something that has been confused a little bit that we've gotten a few comments on. And then I'd like to thank uh, Brandy Boyd for her comments, which she submitted, I think, to all of us. Uh, but um, I, I had an opportunity to talk to her as the chair of the Disability Advisory Committee and, and take in some of her feedback. And I would like to just clear up one piece and then have the clerk give her presentation. And I know she has a little, a little video. Uh, there's been a, quite a bit of conversation around ad hocs. And the council adopted a policy that said we wouldn't have ad hocs. It was Mayor Steinberg's actual, actually his first ethics and good governance decision in January of, in the first part of his mayorship. And we have been advised by council, council with an S rather than a C, that the 
committees shouldn't have ad hocs for the same reason that the city doesn't have ad hocs uh, without public notice and all of that. And obviously we don't have the staffing for all of the committees and commissions to be able to do that. However, here's the nuance I wanna make sure folks understand. And um, I know council members Harris and Valenzuela both asked really good questions about this. And we've had some folks from the committees and commissions ask questions too. The chair and vice chair would still have the ability to do a working group. So the two of them could meet and work. I know that some of the committees, for example, disability is a great example. They do some awards annually for folks and it requires that they review applications. Well, the chair and vice chair could do a working group that would not be considered an ad hoc to review those proposals or whatever and bring them back uh, to the full board. So this does not preclude us from still having working groups that are the chair and the vice chair of each committee. And I know there are some others that look at things like awarding grants that you can't do the whole thing publicly, but you would they would be able to have their chair and vice chair have the authority to do a working group. So I just wanna make sure that we got that out there and, uh, and that for me, people who are listening or paying attention today know that the primary goal for me is to make sure that these committees and commissions are better staffed by city staff. We, we need all of these committees and commissions to be valued the same way that people on like the Parks Commission and the Planning Commission feel valued and included and have an opportunity. And I'm going to try to my best here to insert PMPE as the group that makes sure that these committees and commissions get, get heard every year, not only at the beginning of the year when they're determining what they're gonna look at, but at the end of the year when they come back to present their findings and making sure that they have great city staff. We can't, we don't have, you know, um, there are examples of phenomenal staff, staff like our active transportation and Jennifer Donlove and Wyatt, who we all love, does a great job, but it shouldn't be completely reliant on having an amazing staff person like her to have that level of participation in the in these committees. So we wanna make sure that we put in place a system that doesn't make our clerk the gatekeeper, that gives all of the committees and commissions a chance to participate meaningfully, that they can report back and that they have ample staff and resources to help them do uh, the work that we've asked them to do. So that's our end goal here. And also that we don't create unreasonable expectations or have a bunch of mission creep. So. But that's what we're trying to narrowly weave here. Looking forward to everyone's comments. Let me just see if my colleagues, Councilmember Valenzuela, did you want to say something before the presentation? Yeah, um, sure. just the two comments. Um, one related to what you're saying and one more broad. First is that, because um, I got a few inquiries asking about the fuller list of, of recommendations and changes that we made, which my understanding from talking to the clerk are going to be in the policy procedures that the council will yeah. The summer. So if folks are looking at this and saying, hey, what happened to all that detail about timing and when and how, that's still TBD. This is sort of the overarching framework. But I will just say, Correct. and just to mull on as we listen to the public and the clerk's presentation here, um, I don't know if it's totally uh, apples to apples to compare the commissions to the council because the council can also call special meetings. The council has broad you know, ability to convene itself. And we do still use, without ad hocs, we do something that we often call a Brown Act bubbles, right? Where we can talk to up to a couple other colleagues without violating the Brown Act to confer and sometimes work together on something that we're gonna bring forward to the council. So I guess um, I'm, I'm a little conflicted on this item because I understand why they do ad hoc some working groups because they can't ask the clerk to convene more meetings if they have something they want to work on because that wouldn't be a realistic demand on her and her staff's time 
but that's something the council can do. And, and I think what I'm hearing from the clerk and, and just again, something for us to think about is a need for greater transparency, which I think could really come down to more accurate note taking and, and more and maybe public, you know, different abilities for the public to engage and, and listen into those sessions when they occur. So I guess um, I guess I don't want us to go from one extreme to the other here, which is I think the working group and ad hocs that the commissions are convening now are serving a really important function for them to give them space to really dis discuss and dissect and analyze things in a much greater level of detail than they can mm -hmm. do sometimes in the commission meetings and and while I support the intent of making more things more broadly public I think we're doing that at the same time we're saying you can't like necessarily call more meetings when you have something like that you need to work on yeah. so it's kind of one or the other in my mind either we allow sure. them to have subcommittees and strengthen the report back in public meetings or we allow them to convene meetings when they think it's necessary so that they can have that public space to do their jobs sure. And I don't know um, really how to rectify that. Um, so okay. I don't that well, out for me. Yeah, that's fair, fair food for thought in the beginning. Just to be clear, though, and we'll have the clerk give a presentation, working groups are not prohibited under this. They could still do working groups, just not ad hocs. And they are not prohibited from Brown Act bubbles, just the same as us. They could still talk in a Brown Act bubble. They could call each other as long as they don't go over their count total. So those two things remain. Okay, Madam Clerk, give us a presentation. I appreciate hearing Councilmember Valenzuela's concerns on the front end, so we do the best we can to address them in the presentation and let's let's go for it. Thank you, good afternoon, um, Chair and members of the PNPE Committee. My name is Mindy Cuppy, your City Clerk, and I'm really excited to be bringing these items back to you. Um, the Mayor asked um, earlier in the uh, last year um, to have PNPE assume the role and responsibility of de developing the model for oversight, facil facilitation, and staffing for all of the city's boards, commissions, and committees. Um, PE then, P and PE then directed the city clerk to update the administrative framework to assist commissions to achieve those high levels of professional service that the community expects. Um, and as it was mentioned, um, really this is about transparency. It's really about giving uh, the commissions the tools they need um, and for them to be able to engage in the public um, and all commissioners um, have the same uh, responsibility. It also talks about um, legislative history. So a Brown Act body needs to be live streamed and archived and meeting minutes, is, which is why my office has been involved in that. So before you today um, is city code section 2.40. I see that as the umbrella of all boards, commissions and committees. Um, so there are a few updates to that and I can step through those in a moment. Um, the next steps, um, as, as Council Member Valenzuela mentioned, the council rules of procedure, that's where a lot of the details lie. So um, how we actually uh, move, move through things. So that's next on our um, program to update that and some rules will be there. Um, we have established um, a committee uh, commissioner handbook um, that will be distributed today to commissioners. We also have a guide to meeting facilitation to assist chairs and vice chairs. And then I also have a video that we created to um, just a very high level um, ask, talking what the roles and responsibilities of a commissioner are. And it's directed really at folks looking to become a commissioner and then new, newly appointed commissioners. We've also developed um, an orientation program. And then moving forward, um, proactive training requirements, so at appointment and then annually. Um, and so those are some things that are in the works. Um, we also are working on the process for commissions to all report to this committee um, and for this committee to then help them take a look backwards at what they have accomplished the previous year and then to look forward to what the their work plan for the upcoming year will be and then to move that forward to the City Council for approval. Um, so at a high level the proposed ordinance um, does 
the following. So it moves the existing procedures for mayor and council member vacancies from this chapter to another section. It just doesn't make sense here. Um, it defines the term boards and commissions to include committees. And so when I refer to commissions, it's boards, commissions, and committees um, of the city council. Updates the procedures for appointing uh, persons to boards and commissions. Right now, the mayor appoints, um, and that means the city clerk has to, at the end of a council meeting, orally make um, a, a statement. Um, we're going to remove that provision, which will allow us to um, seat commissioners faster. Um, shortens it about two weeks. Um, it, this will formalize the longstanding practice for members to hold over expired terms. So if a term expires and they're not reappointed, they haven't been able to get in front of PNP to interview, they can hold over that term um, so that um, important work is not interrupted. Um, it states that city employees are ineligible to, ineligible to be members of a commission unless they're appointed in the capacity of their employment. So for instance, our AFM board, um, our finance director is, is um, by right on that board. Um, standardized term limits across the boards and commission, um, except for the Sacramento Youth Commission. Those terms are only two years because typically our, um, our youth age out. And so those are two-year terms. Um, it does pro prohibit boards and commissions from establishing standing committees and ad hoc committees. And this mirrors um, the city's Sunshine Ordinance that was adopted in 2017, which states that those are um, ad, those are, um, Brown Act bodies. Uh, reason being is for transparency reasons, for public input. Um, one of the main reasons we have commissions is to gather that public input. And then it also makes sure that all commissioners are receiving the same education level and same information so that they can make a decision. Um, this limits the amount of service for a chair and um, a vice chair, um, giving more diverse voices to those commissions. Um, clarifies the role of city attorney and city clerk as staff to the commissions. And then it also directs the city clerk to at least every five years report to this committee on the status of boards and commissions. So um, thank you. I'm available for any questions. Did you want to show us your video, Mindy? I would love to. It's a very short video, so I will share it now. Serving as a council appointee to a City of Sacramento Commission is both an awesome opportunity and a significant commitment. The following information will give new appointees and potential applicants an overview of the position's roles and responsibilities. The City of Sacramento utilizes more than 25 commissions to promote community and stakeholder input. Most serve in an advisory capacity to the City Council. However, a few are quasi-judicial, complaint reviews, or appeals boards. Serving as a council appointee provides a way for residents who have special experience or interests to participate in the city's decision-making process by advising city staff and the city council on a wide variety of issues. As an appointee, you interact creatively as a link between the city council and citizens of all ages, interests, and backgrounds. You represent the city as a whole and will help facilitate active and inclusive input, ensuring that all voices are incorporated into any recommendation made to the city council. To effectively participate, appointees often have lengthy reports to review in order to prepare effectively for public meetings. Attendance at meetings is essential. The Ralph M. Brown Act, California's open meeting law, and the City of Sacramento's Sunshine Ordinance have requirements to ensure that all city councils, boards, commissions, and committees are inclusive, transparent, and encourage public participation. 
Agendas must be posted to clearly communicate what the commission will be discussing and how the public can be part of that conversation. The order and conduct of business of council established commissions are also governed by the City of Sacramento Council Rules of Procedure. It is critical that appointees only discuss items under their purview at an open and public meeting and avoid discussions outside the public forum. A meeting could be any gathering of a majority of appointees to discuss items under their jurisdiction. And discussions in non-public formats, such as email, phone, or text message, must be avoided. To ensure transparency and a high level of service, appointees have educational requirements such as ethics and sexual harassment training. Appointees may also have reporting requirements such as filing of a statement of economic interests, FPPC Form 700, upon appointment, annually, and when leaving. We appreciate your interest in the City of Sacramento Board, Commission, and Committee Program, an opportunity for citizens to ensure transparent, open, and inclusive participation in the City's decision-making process. Please visit our website for appointee resources and information on applying to serve. Commissions.CityOfSacramento.org Clerk at CityOfSacramento.org 916-808-7200very cool good job with that you guys did a, yeah you did a great job really good work very thank you we're very excited wonderful. about the tools we've we've been building yeah i think that's great because you know we're trying to move forward here to where we're doing onboarding and giving people clear guidance and direction and making their participation really meaningful so colleagues we have about five members of the public who'd like to share some input and uh, i'd like to go to them now if you're okay with that and then we'll come back here in chat and madam clerk just before we do this is on our agenda today for us to send to the council correct that's correct all right so we're it's not final approval it's good to talk about it a little bit but ultimately our goal here is to try to get this in front of the full council so that we can have the discussion there with our colleagues and then make the changes all right colleagues all right let's hear from the public go ahead madam clerk our first speaker is keon bliss Greetings committee and council members. Uh, my name is Keon Bliss. I'm uh, the District 4 Commissioner for the Sacramento Community Police Review Commission. And I'm calling um, in regards to this uh, section 2.40.16, uh, prohibiting commissions and boards from establishing standing or ad hoc committees. These committees are essential to doing our work uh, in a timely manner in order to get things uh, published out, especially now that we don't have our uh, control over setting our own schedules over the year. Uh, for example, the, uh, the Police Review Commission, uh, which is tasked with reviewing and uh, making recommendations around, uh, around policies, procedures, and practices of SACPD, uh, has two months that we are not uh, we are not able to meet. And when I requested, uh, when we requested uh, a special meeting most recently, we were told by the clerk's office and by OPSA that basically uh, the clerk doesn't have capacity to uh, schedule a meeting between now and the end of July, basically, because there's some there somewhere along the lines of like meetings every day, apparently. So having the ability to meet outside of the public meeting process is essential for getting for our for us to get our work done in a timely manner and frankly considering our commission especially has uh 
put put forth now over five years worth of recommendations, but only seen one recommendation go to city council for a vote, um, really speaks to the need of actually speeding things up. And the fact that we're just, uh, in, in addition to taking away our ability to meet separately uh, from the public meetings, uh, in between public meetings, uh, we're also not able, like, we also don't have um, a process in place for reviewing those recommendations and getting them out in a timely manner. Right now, we have 2021 recommendations and we still haven't even gotten through the 2020 uh, recos. Uh, which Thank are you for still your comments. Your time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? Please, uh, please allow the committees and commissions to establish standing and ad hoc committees. It doesn't make Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Phil Pluckebaum. Thanks, Mindy. And thanks, Council, for uh, taking the time to hear this item. Um, there are a lot of interesting uh, recommendations here in uh, this item before you today. Um, and I think uh, I want to associate myself first with uh, many of the comments that you'll find on the e-comment, in particular uh, from uh, uh, Brandy, the League, Nick, and uh, Joe. You know, you're, what you're going to hear today are a lot of uh, commissioners who volunteer a lot of their time uh, to work on these issues for the city and are asking for... Um, you know, the tools that they have today to be either strengthened or, or, or preserved uh, and, and not diminished so that they can continue to do that good work. I'll say, um, as the District 3 Commissioner for the Planning and Design Commission, the most significant uh, accomplishment in my time, in, you know, six, seven years on that commission now, uh, was accomplished through the ad hoc process where we uh, crafted a streamlining ordinance to push, uh, uh, you know, uh, applications that are consistent with uh, the general plan and, and uh uh, other city requirements down to ministerial approval. That was a significant uh, improvement in our, our planning process. Um, we're currently going through another ad hoc right now to look at the city's uh, parking ordinance. Um, these types of, of uh, meetings are, are important, if not essential, uh, to the good uh, functioning of our boards and commissions. And if we don't have that uh, ability to call these uh, ad hocs, uh, we're just going to end up with a lot more regularly scheduled meetings at, a, at a, I think, at a greater expense to the city. And, uh, and probably no additional benefit. Um, I, you know, there are other things in this uh, cleanup proposal that are interesting, um, but I, you know, I, I think that you you should take away from today. Uh, none of us is as smart as all of us. Um, you know, use your boards and commissions for what you you appointed them to do, uh, and and run these types of changes by them uh, before you recommend them to the council. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is John Marshak. Hi, my name is John Marshak. I'm from District 4, and I served seven years on the Preservation Commission, two years as chair. Ad hoc and standing committees provide the manpower and expertise to review and develop supporting background information and potential advisory and regulatory tools, some of which eventually wind up in City Council adopted ordinances, standards, criteria, and guidelines. The city does not necessarily pay for the expertise and time spent by the members of these committees essentially augmenting the efforts of city staff. This is especially important when city staff devoted to critical issues are in short supply and hampered by tight budgets. In the case of the Preservation Commission, the, uh, the preservation office of the city is exceedingly small, consisting of a preservation director, one full-time staff member, and two part-time interns. The Preservation Commission in 2017 had its infill development ad hoc committee of three of seven commissioners to develop interim principles for protection of historic districts from infill development. Numerous aspects of these recommendations form the basis of developments of standards and criteria 
contained in Sacramento's historic district plans adopted by the city council in 2019 that currently guide development within historic districts while preserving the integrity of our irreplaceable historic and cultural resources. In summary, the ad hoc and standing committees are crucial to the success of the city boards and commissions. Formation of these committees should be retained. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Graciela Castillo-Krings. Good afternoon, Madam Chair and Council Members. My name is Graciela Castillo-Krings, and I am the Chair of the Sacramento Community Police Review Commission. I want to thank the PMPE Committee for the work it has done to create a standardized process for city and board commissions to and appreciate the opportunity to provide feedback. As currently written, the ordinance is eliminating the ability for boards and commissions to establish ad hoc committees. These committees allow us to carefully consider complex policies in a timely manner. The SCPRC meets about 10 times in a year, and without full-time dedicated staff, commissioners are required to work on ongoing basis to develop reports and recommendations to the city council. Prohibiting the formation of small working groups that do not violate the Brown Act will undermine our ability to do the very work we were created to do. I urge the committee to clarify that small working groups are not prohibited. The other item of concern is that the ordinance fails to establish the process and timeline for how council will take action on policy recommendations from boards or commissions. To ensure that we do not miss an opportunity, I urge the committee to adopt the League of Women Voters proposal that whenever a board or commission submits policy recommendations for council consideration, that it would be agendized for the Law and Legislation Committee's evaluation within 90 days of submission. Uh, thank you so much for all of the work that you have done, and I look forward to collaborating with you on this important work. Thank you for your comments. Our final speaker is Barry Boyd. Thank you, Mindy, um, uh, for reestablishing my hand up. I appreciate that. And I do concur with uh, what has been stated by the previous speakers in regards to having the agenda, or excuse me, the ad hoc uh, committee committees being available uh, with that as um, chair Ashby had stated there will be working groups available uh, as I understand it they don't have the same ability and or authority as an ad hoc committee if I'm wrong on that um, by all means someone please correct me to that uh, being also on the current uh, planning and design commission ad hoc committee to um, or excuse me for res uh, revisions to parking rec requirements uh, for here in the city of Sacramento um, period as um, uh, um, commission member plucky bomb is two things one what happens to the current ad hoc committees if in fact this um, re request becomes a part of city codes and by all means i am opposed to having the ad hoc committee's um, ability to form being removed from city codes and as uh, was stated more eloquently than i'm doing at this moment the need for those ad hoc committees as was stated that we are able to meet um, within the small body of the commission and from that ad hoc committee we take that information when concluded to the full commission to which at that point is forwarded on to its next step so again a working committee versus ad hoc committee 
if they are equal in ability and authority, well, it's just renaming it. But if they are not, by all means, we need to maintain the ad hoc committees. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers. All right, thank you very much. So let me just start us off with one comment. First of all, thank you so much to everybody who called in and, uh, you know, Mr. Bliss, I heard what you were trying to say, so I'm sorry you were cut off at the end there, but I remember when a time, and I don't know if any of you were there yet on the council, the council used to do ad hocs all the time. In fact, I led several of them. I led one on public safety reforms. I led the, ironically, I led the one on ethics and good governance that's now governing this conversation uh, with that sunshine uh, provision. And I felt the same way. I would have called in and said the exact same things that these callers are calling in that, hey, we do a lot of good work in these ad hocs. But you guys, we, I mean, we were on the front page of the B all the time about these ad hocs and transparency. And then the good governance groups, legal women voters, common cause, fair political practices, they all came, they all said that cities can't have uh, these ad hocs. And then we have the added problem of the city clerk and other staff, not just the clerk, but other staff not having the capacity to do the ad hocs. So, uh, you know, I think this will be a good discussion for the council to have and decide what they want to do. But we made a promise in 2017 that we weren't going to do ad hocs in the city of Sacramento anymore. So we're either going to break that promise or we're going to keep that promise. And that's the conversation the council needs to really take up. It's broader than just PMPE. Uh, my recommendation is that we leave it intact and share our concerns when we get there. I'd like to make a motion right now to move this package as it sits to the full council. But I do want to hear from everyone and, and hear if there are any you know changes uh, or suggestions. But I'd like to move this in total, especially since it was requested by the mayor and does specifically address some of his concerns. So that said, Councilmember Harris, I see you have your hand Can up. Can I ask you a quick clarifying question, Chair? Sorry, just to make sure I understand what you're saying. Sure. Because you mentioned before the comment that um, nothing would preclude working groups. What's the difference? In a working group is the chair and the vice chair. Oh, okay. So it would just be the two people? Yeah, okay. they have the authority that, that they could go do things that they need to do, and then they come back and tell the group. And then it also doesn't preclude Brown Act bubbles. So if if a Brown Act, if it takes five votes, then four people could get together and talk if they wanted to as well. There's nothing precluding that from happening. But sanctioned ad hocs is what our Sunshine and Good Governance Ethics Code removed at the recommendation of all the good governance agencies statewide when we did this. So I understand, look, I completely, as each one of them spoke, I had so much sympathy for them, but we went through the same thing and we made a promise and right now we're in violation of that promise. So we just have to decide which thing we want to do. And, and we will, uh, cities are graded on their ethics and good governance, you know, policies and procedures, and we will go down a notch if we make this change. So Council Member Harris. Yeah, Chair, I, I really appreciate your comments. Look, I was there through all of that tussle about transparency at the council. I couldn't and remember if you were, you, might, you were probably right just when you got there, huh? Yeah, it was one of the first things. Yeah. Um, you know, it was quite a row, and the community was in an uproar about the lack of transparency of the council. I feel that our boards and commissions committees should be held to the same standards as the council. Uh, it's interesting that the League of Women Voters was definitely in the fray about transparency at that time, and now makes a recommendation that ad hocs would be allowed on commissions. Uh, I don't get the 
logic with that. But you, you know what? As far as being able to do the work, people, I believe, can do the work. The council does the work without ad hocs. We're just held to a very high level of competency and transparency. And I feel that we should keep our commissions on the same path as ourselves. Again, if we move this forward today, it's open to a bigger debate at the council. People can formulate their opinions, have more time to digest it, and talk this all over. The other thing I want to say is that our commissions are definitely uh, community-facing. For a case in point, the Police Review Commission is really supposed to engage with the community. And that is an aspect that I don't think that they have really found time to do. But I, I think it's a complete discrepancy that they would do ad hocs that are not uh, completely transparent when it's the transparency of the community that they were actually enacted to enable that process to happen. They're the interface between the council and the community. And it makes no sense to me that they would require the need for ad hocs without full transparency. And the only way you get full transparency is to do the work in public. And as you said, Chair, uh, working groups can still happen. There's a way to get this done. I, I just feel that, that all of our appointees should be held to the same transparency standards as we are as electeds. So I would second your motion. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh, Councilmember Valenzuela, put your hand up. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, sitting here mulling it over. And I mean, since we're talking about the Police Review Commission, I do believe members of the public are, are welcome to attend those ad hoc meetings. But I do appreciate the balance we're trying to strike here. And I guess the tension for me comes in as both saying... Well, hold on, hold on, wait. Just to be clear, though, right now, the ad hoc... The, they have the difference here. And I just want to make sure we're real clear because the public is listening. If the city of Sacramento does an ad hoc, which we could technically do, it would have to be publicly noticed and publicly made available. So you're yeah. talking about if we kept that for all the committees and commission, if we kept it for one, we have to keep it for all. And then they would have to be publicly noticed and public, yes. not just like the public is welcome. We would have to inform the public in advance, yes. put the agendas out. So I just want to make sure we're clear. No, so I understand. Don't... I guess okay. I just didn't want the impression for the public who is watching to think that the commissions like the police commission were saying you absolutely can't come to this meeting. And so there is a lot of gradients between the two extremes here. And I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think the tension that I'm experiencing is in us both saying we don't have the resources for you to do special meetings or more public meetings at the same time we are saying you can no longer do these ad hocs or subcommittees and so for me I appreciate what you're saying in terms of transparency and I want the public to be able to see and participate in, in every aspect of our government but that then has to be complemented by us giving those committees and commissions the resources to have more meetings in public because essentially what yeah. we're doing from where they are today is taking them from sometimes multiple meetings in a month to maybe one um, and as was mentioned some Sometimes those meetings get canceled if, if staff doesn't have capacity or if things aren't on the agenda. And so sometimes that's less frequency, frequent than even once a month. And so I think we need to also have the conversation about how frequent they are able to meet. Because um, as the one great example, Mr. Plucky-Bomb mentioned the parking regulations. I mean, that's like a level of detail that like most members who watch the planning commission might not want to get involved in. But if they want to have those discussions because they're trying to get to a resolution, provide a really well-informed recommendation to staff, for us to consider, yeah. 
they should be having those meetings in public then based on this rationing and we should be supporting them in that. So I guess part of the question that I have back maybe for the clerk at council is like what level of resource we would need to give the clerk's office so that they would be able to convene at their current level of ad hocs and subcommittees making those public. And what would that look like if they essentially transition their current subcommittee and ad hoc meetings to public meetings? And what sort of resources would would the clerk's office need to be able to staff and and notice those appropriately? You know what, Councilmember Valenzuela too, um, just listening to you talk that's running through my head is, these committees and commissions are not equal. They're not, I mean, they, they're not equal in their duties, this amount of assignments. So let me give you, and they're also not equal in the timing. Let me give you an example. The ethics commission, sometimes we struggle for what they're going to be working on. Other times they're super, super busy, like during redistricting. And so what I think I hear you saying is maybe even in that annual review process, when we're laying out for things, what they're going to work on for the year might be a good time to look at their calendar and be able to say, hey, they need additional meetings because we've asked them to take on this or we've asked them to take on that, or they're looking at these things. That might not be true for every single committee commission. And we might be able to take into, like, for example, when I was talking to the folks on the Disability Advisory Commission, uh, I'm not sure more meetings would help them because they were having attendance issues for a while. So that was creating quorum problems. So we would, but we would be able to individually take that all into consideration based on the committee or commission at each time annually when we're bringing them up. But I appreciate what you're saying. And I'm going to ask the clerk to please note that because there may be some of these committees and commissions that are meeting too often. And there may be some that are not meeting enough. And there may be some that if we're going to apply the stricter standard that we apply to ourselves on ad hocs to, that that may mean that we need to give them a couple of floating meetings a year or something like that, that help them achieve their goals. So I appreciate what you're saying. And if I could um, put a finer point on that, because we are going in the same direction here, I think, yes, to the planning, but I also think, um, so like part of what I was going to bring into the policies and procedures we talked about the last time we talked about this ordinance update was this idea of expectation of consulting, of informing the commissions when items are coming to council, but also of actually bringing those to the commissions before they came to council. And a great example, different commission disability advisory committee, right? They've said multiple times, you're bringing projects forward to council and we haven't seen them. And we actually have concerns around accessibility and different things that the city may have been. I, I agree with this so wholeheartedly, like, by the way. Yes. Yes. So, um, so I think there's that part of it and so then that also factors in I think what what is going to change for us and what I hope it changes for us then is the pace that things are brought to council because if we're yeah. saying the expectation is that you're going to bring this to the commission and we're also telling the commission all of your meetings need to be publicly noticed and it's going to be based on the capacity of the clerk's office to staff that which I appreciate then it might mean then that an item that might have come to us in a month is going to come to us in two or three months right yeah. and that's something that I think we have to understand the push and pull here of yep keep going at the pace we're going well, recommendations in these issue areas without yeah. giving them more resources to meet more frequently if this is the direction we're moving everybody yeah, if we don't if we don't change that timing yeah. you're right and and the disability advisory is a really good example and i can use the aquatics facility so like active transportation was consulted on the aquatics facility and of course it went through planning and of course it went through parks and rec but it never went to disability now we're very fortunate that we have Jason Wiseman who works in parks and he does a great job with ADA, but they sh- it should have gone to them. And there are other projects that didn't go to them as well. So Councilmember Valenzuela, I want you to know this has been something that's been really on my mind too. And when I've, in my conversations with the mayor as we, slip, as we have looked at this, I think I've had the same concern as you, but I've taken a slightly different approach. And that is that I really want the staffing to be more robust. I don't just want one person assigned to these committees and commissions. I want a whole department to be assigned just like they are to planning. So if the planning department is assigned to the, you know, 
planning committee, but they should also then underneath that know that big large scale projects need to go then through the disability advisory and they need to go through the active transportation and whatever else needs to weigh in on those types of projects, which then will give us a better a conversation. And for those folks and especially developers and people out there who are thinking, oh, we want to streamline as Mr. Pluckybomb brought up, that would be outside of the streamlining. This would be the opposite of streamlining. However, just because something goes to a committee doesn't mean that the committee has the authority to change it. What they have, as Councilmember Valenzuela has very clearly stated, is the ability to make recommendations to us for a change. And then we can decide if that's a change we want to make or if it doesn't really make sense to us or, you know, give people a chance to answer it a different way. So I want you to know that I'm thinking about that same thing. And, and in my conversations with the mayor, I would tell you, I believe that he is as well. And we may be coming at it from more of an approach of, of having additional staffing to make sure that the right committees and commissions are weighing in on things before they come to council. So, okay, very good. Uh, I believe we have a motion and a second. I don't see any hands up. Madam Clerk? Member Valenzuela? Yes. Member Lalowie? Aye. Member Harris? Aye. Chair Ashby? <clears throat> yes, and thank you to the clerk, both Mindy and Wendy, for your hard work really appreciate it. This was a tough task that the mayor handed to us and gave us just a short period of time, but you've done a really good job and it's the beginning, not the end. So for everybody, just it's a year or two from now, Mindy and I talk about this is going to be really great. I expect to see the city uh, leading other cities on how we, how we've managed this process. Councilmember Harris. Chair, I, I just have a comment before we adjourn. So sure. not on this particular subject, sure. Now a good time. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So I am looking for an active transportation commissioner. Uh, we've we've noticed it. Uh, it's been out in the public for a while. Haven't had any applicants. Hmm. Okay. So uh, this is my plea for somebody who really wants to serve the city. It's a great commission, and it is uh, gaining in stature as you know, in climate change and looking at active transportation. It's an important subject. So. If anybody would like to make application, please contact the clerk or my office. Want to say something about what active transportation is? Maybe people just aren't hearing that. Go ahead. Well, active transportation is uh, forming alternatives to using automobiles, basically. It means walking. It means biking. Uh, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It could be skateboarding. It could be scooting. It could be anything that doesn't create Greenhouse gas emissions. How about that? That's the way I look at it. Perfect. I mean, I can't even hardly think of a district that has more people involved in the bike trails and tra all that stuff. So, yeah, we just need one of them to join us. And it's a great committee, too. It's It's got a really great staff and a lot of good people on it. So I'm sure you'll find somebody amazing, Councilmember Harris. All right. Um, that's it for the council comments. But we do have, Madam Clerk, on this agenda, we do have public comment, right? That's correct. Okay, because it looks like we have two folks who'd like to say something, and uh, Mr. Boyd and, and Mr. Bliss. We have a couple minutes we can give to them. Would that be okay? Thank you. Um, so, Barry sure. Boyd. Thank you, Mindy. Um, I would just like to state I am disappointed that the recommendation for an ad hoc committee um, will not be removed. And to that, uh, if I did hear correctly, that this PPE Commission it's, has stated that these recommendations that have been presented today are that of the mayor and not of the full city council, if I did hear that correct. 
And to that, it sounds as an individual's request versus the full city council has put forward these recommendations, nor the will of the people. To that, a working group, again, now consists would consist of two people versus the Brown Act limitations of four to five, depending on the size of the commission. So a narrowing of who is um, putting together recommendations to bring to the full commission that either a committee working group or ad hoc committee does and then once those recommendations are brought forward say to the pdc the planning and design commission to which the planning and design commission holds powers that other commissions don't in regards to um, we are the only commission that um, can change rezoning for an, for an example not the city council uh, there are commissions with uh, subpoena power and having an ad hoc committee further enables to drill down on the issue of those commissions before seeking a subpoena to go uh, with their investigation. With that, again, I am disappointed, but at the same time, um, oh, let me add also, I'm disappointed I wasn't uh, um, brought back to the Sacramento Housing Redevelopment Commission, but things are as they are. But it now allows me to put further uh, more time into more recent committees and thank councils that I've been. Um, thank you for your comments. Into. Your time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? That was it. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Keon Bliss. Yeah, I would like to uh, second uh, Mr. Boyd's comments in just how deeply disappointed and also frustrated uh, I am with this body just ignoring uh, your like your appointees um, to the boards and commissions who overwhelmingly like make use of the ad hocs in a uh, transparent manner and also invite members of the public. Um, for example, uh, members of the Police Review Commission uh, not only make ourselves accessible to the community members to participate, we actually invite community members to participate on the ad hocs, which we have done, such as for our LGBTQ plus ad hoc that we uh, established last year and um, are continuing the work in a different, uh, in an additional format for this year. And I'm really seeing this as a, uh, almost a cynical attempt to disempower and stymie the work of boards and commissions that make some of you on city council, as well as the city manager, uncomfortable or if, when we challenge your policies, and particularly when it comes to uh, your largest department in the city, the uh, Sacramento Police Department. And if you want meaningful engagement with community members and transparency from the ad hocs, then the city should require the city clerk's office to make detailed meeting minutes so members of the public know what's going on without having to watch hours of video footage. As it stands right now, when you go to our May meeting, where we had a very detailed and robust discussion around Sacramento Police Department's military equipment use policy, the only mention, like the only details that are included in the uh, agenda minutes, the draft minutes, is members of the public provided comment. And you're talking about creating an entire department that's going to staff these uh, commissions and board meetings, but I'm curious to know, when exactly is that going to happen? 2025, 2026, because as it stands right now, when we requested a special meeting for June or July and gave several dates where we could be available, we were told that there is no amount of time the city clerk's office doesn't have capacity between now and the end of July. Thank so you for your comments. Your time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? 
we need more power, not just not stymieing our work and making us work longer than we need to, especially when we're not. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers. Okay, well, thank you to Mr. Bliss and Mr. Boyd for calling back in, and I hope they stay engaged. Obviously, this vote is to send it to the city council for further discussion. Mr. Boyd's comments were off. We're, this, is, this isn't uh, one person's agenda, and, it, and it's not um, the act of two people, and, and it's not over with. It's just going to council for further discussion for us to codify as a group and figure out how to move forward. But I would encourage people to look at the city's regulation on ad hocs, maybe even look back at some of those articles from 2017 because as council member harris walked us through it was it was quite a time and we really were responding to a lot of community members who really were expecting us to not have ad hocs and we did make a promise so if we're going to change that it's going to be a big big move i don't you know i mean for me count mindy and i have the, the city clerk and i wendy we put together something that we thought was responsive to what everybody has but uh, whatever everybody wants is going to be fine with me so I appreciate it very much. Great comments from my colleagues. Thank you, Mindy and Wendy and your team for bringing something forward that gives people something to talk about. Councilmember Harris, Councilmember Lolloi and Valenzuela, thank you for participating. It's really good work. And uh, we'll, it, you know, it's not the finish line. It's starting a dialogue. So good for, good for all of you. We'll bring that one up to the council later. And that's it for now. We'll, we have a closed session uh, coming up. And then actually, Madam Clerk, what's the, where, where are we with closed session? Are those guys waiting for us or? Um, they, they are waiting, but I can let them know. Do you want to give, give yourself five minutes, 10 minutes? Yeah, with that, colleagues, what do you think? Five minutes and then we'll head in there. Jeff, you're muted. Sean, what do you think? Do you need yeah, more than five? Fine or? With me. It's fine with me. Okay, all right, uh, five minutes. Then Madam Clerk, if you would let them know, we'll be there in five and then we can get started on the closed session and then we have our regular council meeting at five. All right, thank you. <clears throat> Thank you.